Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. I want to welcome everyone joining us today, especially those of you joining us for the very first time, whether you're part of our Cambridge, Bury St. Edmunds, our growing online family, or you're watching in one of the prisons. It's so good to have you with us today. For those of you that don't know me, my name is John. I'm married to the lovely Hannah. We have two children, Ellen, who's nearly three, and Benjamin, who's nearly two months. Yes, I am sleep deprived. Pray for me. If you notice through the course of this message that I start to drift off and get a bit quieter, then shout loud at your device and you might just wake me up. Today I'm continuing our well-being series and I'm going to be looking at physical well-being. Physical well-being, what do we mean by that? Well, here's a definition for today. Physical well-being is not just the absence of disease, It includes lifestyle behavior choices to ensure health, avoid preventable diseases and conditions, and to live in a balanced state of body, mind, and spirit. Here's a question for you. Who's heard of Joe Wicks? Get those hands up emojis going. Joe Wicks, really big in the UK right now, in case you're watching from overseas. He's a very popular fitness and health coach and social media influencer. And he sort of exploded to another level during lockdown with his regular PE with Joe. And so his second question, who's done a Wix workout? Maybe you need your running emoji this time. You've done a Wix workout. I've done a few. Now, some of you will be watching at home and thinking, yes, John, and you could do with doing a few more. Well, that's just rude, but maybe true. You know, maybe I am not the best person to talk to you about physical well-being. If you've heard me speak before, you'll know that I love my football. And when I was a bit younger, I used to play quite a lot of football. And I developed a couple of reputations. One was I was the guy who came off the pitch with the most mud on their kit. Like, generally, sometimes you couldn't distinguish me from the pitch. And secondly, I got this reputation for developing regular, obscure, minor injuries. Now, I always used to tell the guys that I was playing with that that was down to my sheer commitment on the field. But as I've got a little bit older, I'm beginning to wonder, maybe that's not true. Maybe I shouldn't be talking to you about physical well-being. I know that I'm not 100% qualified, but I do know someone who is 100% qualified. Hey, if you can grab your Bible while you're watching, why don't you head across to Psalm 139? We're going to read in verse 13. It says this, for you, talking about God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. I don't know about you, but I'm so pleased that the one who put our bodies together, who like knows every single part, who saw us in the womb, has given us some wisdom for our physical well-being. And we're going to explore this topic today by looking at two questions. The first is this, why does God care about it? And secondly, how 
Can I better steward it? Are you ready? Come on, guys, are you ready? Get those readies in the comments right now. As Joe would say, bosh, let's go. Why does God care about it? Does our physical well-being matter to God? Or we could ask a different question. We could say, does God care if you eat 20 MACDs this week? The answer is, yeah, he does. And this is a relevant question because there's a bit of a myth that I'm going to bust which says, God isn't interested in my body and how I treat it. You might hear that justified by people quoting passages like the one in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. There it says this, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, in this passage, Samuel the prophet is about to anoint a new king. And he's going down the lineup of guys who he could anoint. And he is drawn to the ones who are tallest, strongest, and best looking. And in that sense, God is not interested in appearance. He doesn't care whether you're wearing Primark or Prada. He doesn't, he's not biased in the way that we can be when it comes to looks or clothing or even ability. So this message, it's not about the pursuit of a twisted ideal of the perfect body. Because scripture tells us God's not interested in that. But whatever our potential physical limitations, God is totally interested in our physical well-being and how we take care of our bodies. And here's a few reasons as to why. First is this. God cares because we're made in his image. Back where we were in Psalm 139, it reminds us that God made us. He developed the intricacies of what's going on in the womb. This right here is a piece of God's best work. Can I get an amen in the comments? God gave me this body. He gave you your body. And he cares about your physical well-being because he's given that body to you. And then in Genesis chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. We're made in the image of God. Why don't you turn to the person that you're watching with and say, you've got a body like a God. We're made in the image of God. You know what? We read those a few verses later that sin enters the world. And sin distorts our God-given image. And the consequence of sin is that sickness and death and pain and suffering enter the world too. This is very different from God's original design. And as a result, we face physical challenges. Now, the good news is this. Jesus came into the world. He defeated sin. He defeated death in the grave. And he gave us a way by placing our trust in him that we can be free from sin. And what's more, he says, there's going to come a day when I'm going to come again. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And there'll be no more death or sickness. And your body is going to be regenerated. Now hang with me for a second, because I think this will be helpful for you. As a Christ follower, when we die, our body and our spirit separate. Our spirit goes to heaven, and our body goes to the earth. But it says that when Christ returns, the dead in Christ will raise first, their body and spirit will be reunited. God is going to judge the world, and then there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and you're going to have a regeneration of your body. I've asked God to do a few improvements on mine while he's at it. 
But God, this is what I want, want to show you, this is what I want you to get hold of. God is so interested in your body, not only did he make it in his image, he's planning on ret- restoring it for eternity. And then secondly, God cares about our physical well-being because our bodies belong to him and his spirit lives in us. At the cross, Christ redeemed us. That, that word means to pay the price. And he paid the price not only for our soul, but also for our bodies. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Our bodies belong to God. If you're a Christ follower, his spirit lives in you. That's why Paul can say in this passage to the church in Corinth, come on, don't you get it? What you do with your body matters. You know, in the early church, they, they went to two extremes with this. Some went to asceticism. That was the severe deprivation of the body. And then others went to this idea that I I can do whatever I want with my body because God doesn't care. And Paul says, neither of those are right or helpful. Because not only is your body bought with a price and belong to God, it's his dwelling place of his Holy Spirit here on earth. And so the choices you make with your body, they can either glorify God or they can grieve him and grieve his spirit that's living inside of you. So God cares about your physical health, your physical well-being, because our bodies belong to him and his spirit lives in us. And lastly, God cares because we're called to be good stewards. At C3, we teach stewardship. And we see as part of that how ultimately everything we have comes from God and belongs to him. And arguably, our body is the most important thing God has entrusted us with. And as Christ followers, we should steward this body well because we have a God-given purpose here on earth. Now, our primary role is to glorify God. And we can't do that fully if we don't take care of our bodies. But we also have a God-given mission. Why don't you say, I'm on a mission, I'm on a mission. What's the mission? What what did Jesus say to his disciples just before he ascends into heaven after his resurrection? He says, go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. That was his co-mission to them. He was setting them out on a mission. And so if we're a disciple, we're still a follower of Christ. That's our mission still today. And this is what I'm getting at. Our effectiveness in our mission will be greatly hindered if we abuse or neglect our body. I think far from that, we should go to the other end and we should say, how can I maximize my health, maximize my energy, maximize my effectiveness so that we can reach more people for the gospel? In the short time that we have on this earth, how can I use my body, steward the time I have here to be effective in my God-given mission? So it's pretty important. And God seems to care about our physical well-being and how we take care of our bodies. So how then can we steward our body better? Now this part, this isn't a diet or a fitness plan. That might be part of your personal action plan. I'm not saying that 
If by the end of this well-being series, you don't have a body like Joe, then you're a failed, miserable sinner. That's just not helpful for a whole range of reasons. You know, we're at different ages, different abilities, differing starting points. But what I do hope is that we'll all look at our physical well-being and see how could we take a step towards improving it. So regardless of whether we're eight or we're 80, I believe that we could take a step towards improving our physical well-being and stewarding better the bodies that God has given us. So here are four key areas that you might want to consider, and you might need to look into these further as you think about how you're going to action this in your life. First is this, diet. What are you eating and drinking? I'm not a dietitian, but I know if you're eating too much fat, too much sugar, too much salt, you need to make a few changes in your diet. Are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you drinking enough water? And when it comes and you start to look at your diet, you might think, oh, I need to make some changes. I maybe need to cut out some snacks or swap some food, or maybe I need to portion out my sizes or count my calories. Maybe if this is a real struggle for you, you find it helpful to get with some other people sort of in a program where there's some accountability. But what we eat, what we take into our body, what we drink, does have an impact on our physical well-being. And then secondly this, sleep. Sleep. Are you getting sufficient sleep? <laughs> I have a two-month-old. What's your excuse? <laughs> you know, it's so easy though, isn't it? I think the autoplays on Netflix are getting shorter and shorter, right? It's like three seconds, it feels like, and the next episode is on. Or maybe for you, it's like, oh, just do another half hour's work. It'll get me ahead for tomorrow. Or maybe it's like, oh, just refresh the news feed once more. And an hour later, you're watching a video of a cat trying to get out of a toilet and you think, how did I get here? It's so easy, right? But this is what Psalm 27 tells us in verse two. In vain, you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. The Bible's telling us something here that we know medically to be true. Firstly, of course, we need to trust God for our provision. But secondly, working harder and harder and getting less and less sleep will not make you more effective. In fact, in the long term, your effectiveness is going to start to take a dive. And when we're lacking in sleep, we become easily irritable. We may feel down and we have this increase in a risk of our long-term health issues, long-term diseases. We need to get enough sleep. God gives his beloved sleep. And thirdly, the third area you might need to think about is this area of exercise. Let me read this straight from the NHS website. It says this, it, talking about exercise, can reduce your risk of major illnesses such as heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and cancer by up to 50%, and lower your risk of early death by up to 30%. Exercise is the miracle cure we've always had, but for too long neglected to take our recommended dose. Our health is now suffering as a consequence. Whatever your age, there's a strong scientific evidence that being physically active can help you lead a healthier, happier life. Wow, reduce the risk of early death by 30%. Are you getting enough exercise? Do you need 
to increase your physical activity. Here's a verse that is sometimes taken out of context to sort of justify sedentary behavior. It's in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8. It says this, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise both the present life and the life to come. The Bible doesn't say it's of no value. What Paul's saying here is that godliness is the most important because it has an eternal consequence. Or in other words, the number of reps you do is not going to get you into heaven. But it might help you live healthier while you're here on earth. Last week, Pastor Steve brought us a fantastic message on emotional well-being. And he was talking about how, how we're tripartite in being body, soul, and spirit. And it's all connected. Psychologists know this to be true. And that's why even in this area of exercise, that can have a real positive impact on other areas of our, men of our well-being, like our, like our mental well-being. Hannah and I um, both enjoy a bit of gardening. We were watching a program recently, and there's a study into how uh, gardening is being um, prescribed for certain sort of physical and mental health illnesses, and how it's having real impacts in those people's life. It's because we're all connected. And so when we improve one area of our well-being, it often has an impact on the greater well-being that we have. And then finally, there's this area of lifestyle. The choices we make with our body matter to God. This is what it says back in Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. It says, you say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food and God will destroy them both. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Paul there is essentially quoting a Corinthian saying back to them. And a bit like in our culture, they had this attitude. If it feels good, if I want it, then I should do it. And Paul says, that's not right. Because your body is meant for glorifying God. And there's some things, some choices we can make that they are actually sinful, that grieve God. And Paul spoke this particularly in relation to sexual immorality, which is the spiritual component. But we could apply it to any of the choices we make with our lifestyle. Things such as smoking or drug use, or maybe it's using things like food or social media or gaming somehow to, to mask our feelings, which then has a long-term impact on our health. And he goes on in the, in the verse before, rather, he says, don't be enslaved by anything. And my simple hope and prayer for us is that we wouldn't be enslaved by anything. So if there's anything in your lifestyle choices that you feel has got hold of you, I believe God wants you to know freedom. And so maybe you need to get a little bit of help, a bit of support, so that you can go forward in the freedom that God has for you. But, you know, choosing a godly lifestyle is way more than just a list of things we ought to stop. Hey, there's some things that God would have us start as well. Are you taking time to rest, refresh, and relax? In the Bible, there's this principle of a Sabbath, a breaking from work and a focusing on God. Are you having time in your life where you're resting, restoring, yourself. As I bring this to a close now, I'd love you as you go forward from this, this week, to think around those four areas. 
to ask God around those four areas? Is there a certain area he's highlighting to you where you might need to do some work in this area of your physical well-being? And then I want you to do this. Keep it very, very simple. Choose one thing to start and one thing to stop. Don't be like me and try and do 10. You won't make it all happen. But why not take a step towards better stewarding your physical well-being? You know, finally, I know there may be some of you who, for a number of reasons, can't do what you might love to do. And I would love to encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, with some words that John Andrews spoke a few weeks ago in a slightly different context, but he said this, do what you can when you can't do what you want. You might want to be able to run a 10K, but can't. But you could exercise your upper body. Maybe you don't choose your food right now, but you can make sure you get to bed on time. You know what? I hope that you all go away with this knowledge. God cares about you. He cares about your physical well-being. He knows you by name, and he knows your situation. So let's be good stewards. Let's glorify God, and let's be effective in our mission. And as I finish, I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray first for those of you who may be facing long-term physical ill health. I'd love to pray over you that God, both for healing and that God walks with you as you face that. And then I'd love to pray for us all. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray firstly for those people who are watching this right now who have got physical health issues, sickness in their body, things that they would love to know your healing touch upon. What I pray right now is that I look down this camera and they see this in the screen that they're watching, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would just touch them. I know that you are not, your arm is not too short to reach out to them where they are by the power of your Holy Spirit right now. And so I pray for a healing touch in people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen and you would walk beside in difficult seasons and unknown times. Lord, I pray for us all in this area of our physical well-being. Lord, I pray that we'd be good stewards, that we'd be effective in our mission and bring glory to you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you. Oh, 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 oh,